Welcome to the Live Treasure Podcast, brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now, on to today's show. Hey there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries and the host of the Live Treasured Podcast. I'm honored uh, that you are here today. As a woman, our time is so valuable, and I'm blessed that you have chosen to spend it here uh, with me. And especially at Christmas, as women, I know that we're very, very busy. We all know that Jesus is definitely the reason for the season. But as women, there's a lot on our plates, right, on Christmas uh, as we prepare, especially if you have little ones uh, in the home and are preparing that way. And if that is you, uh, may God bless you and your children um, and may you find time to get to get rest. So I pray today that today's podcast is a blessing to you. Last week we started out on our Christmas series called Waiting for Wonderful. And I'm gonna continue on that today. But before I begin, um, I want to invite you to participate in our Give 10, Tell 10 challenge. You can go to give10tell10.com and find out more about it. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, I'd love uh, for you to participate. That would be such a blessing to me. Um, It's very easy to do, and you can go to give10tell10.com and check that out and join a movement of women standing with other women all across the country and making a difference. All right, so let's get into our podcast today. Today, I want to talk to you about finding God as your easer when life is not easy. Finding God as your easer when life is not easy. You know, God has fierce devotion for you. And I'm going to get into that word easer um, in a little bit, but it means like a fierce helper. And that is what, um, that is a word that is used to describe God, and it is who God is for you. And there is no care like God care. But oftentimes, you and I um, are focused on Fending for ourselves, so much so that we're missing out on God's fierce devotion for us. And many times inside of life, we'll run up against circumstances um, where we're running up empty and life is not easy. And what if those circumstances um, could be the very thing that introduces us into a brand new, deeper relationship with God where we learn more of how to let him love us. I've just finished uh, teaching a brand new Bible study that I wrote called Godfidence, um, and it's definitely the my favorite Bible study that I've written. Um, and we were talking about the Israelites in the wilderness. We were looking at passages inside of Exodus. And one of the paramount things um, that I learned from that is that, you know, 
there's a lot of focus on God delivering the Israelites from Pharaoh, right? So that they could worship him because Pharaoh was getting in the way of that. We should never let God does not want another person to be in the way of putting him first. And so God freed his people from that. But that was just the first. That was just the first victory that he was going to bring them. Because the next thing that the Bible says is that he took the Israelites, not directly to the promised land, but in a roundabout way, so they wouldn't return to Egypt. And the reason is, is that Oftentimes, when you and I leave a Pharaoh, when we um, leave a situation where we've been underneath somebody else's control, a natural reaction from that is for us to take control, for us to become self-reliant. And the Bible said that God, one of the things that God did inside of the wilderness was to teach the Israelites to depend upon him. And inside of our life, when we find ourselves in a waiting season, when we find ourselves in a wilderness, one of the wonders of that is becoming more in love, more um, just inside of the presence of God. And part of that is you understanding that you can stop striving. And you can rest and receive his care. But a lot of times we're not taught how to do that. We're taught how to perform for God. Um, the world tells us that love is conditional. So we're, um, you know, trying to buy love from others, um, you know, please to get love, whatever it may be, we're, we're working really hard to do that. Or we've got this one family member, if we could just get their approval, then everything would be okay. And so we're working really hard to get that. And we've got our focus all out of whack. And you know, God puts us inside this wilderness season because he wants us to learn to wait on him for him to love us. He wants to teach us how to be loved by him. And I want to bring you to um, three verses inside of the Christmas story that I think often get so overlooked. Now, this is after Jesus was born. It's when he was a baby and being presented in, in the temple. And in verse 36, um, it says this, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Fanaway from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married for only seven years. Now, let's just stop right there. Can you imagine that loss? You're married for only seven years, and you lose your husband. And back then, back then, people got married much earlier than, you know, women get married now. So Anna was very young. Um, and when you become a widow in biblical times, you're in a very vulnerable state, right? Um, then it says in verse 37, she lived as a widow to the age of 84. So she never got remarried. 
it doesn't talk about family. It doesn't talk about her son. You know, normally if, if there was a son, the son would, it doesn't talk about that. And so we're, we're not sure the Bible doesn't say, but can you imagine that long being without and having the devastation in your life of your husband dying. Now, if you have, if you are a widow, if you're listening um, and, and you are a widow, I know that this is a sensitive um, topic for you. And, and you know, I want to just encourage you that when you do get married, you know, that there is a union. And so when there is um, a death that happens to a spouse, it's not something that you ever really completely, you know, just quote unquote, get over. And I think that we can all, we all need to be more sensitive um, about that um, and, um, and really reach out to those who have lost their husbands, especially this Christmas season. Um, and then the other thing that I want to say is that, you know, in this case, it was a physical death and that's why she was a widow but there's all kinds of deaths that can happen inside of the marriage union. There is um, the death of divorce when a husband decides that he's just going to leave you. You had no say in it. You did not want it. And there's a death that happens, right? Or perhaps it is that you have walked through the ultimate betrayal of infidelity and your husband has moved on with his life and maybe his new um, wife and he's just left all this in your lap or, or maybe it is that he wanted to stay, right? And he worked up the courage to finally tell you and he dumped all of this in your lap, right? And now you're trying to deal with all of this and it's just hard and now marriage is hard because where's the trust and how do I ever get back to the normalcy um, of life again. Or perhaps it is that your husband um, is there with you and he's maybe an amazing provider, um, that he's emotionally abusive. And every day there's words that he tosses your way um, that tear you down. Or maybe it is that your husband um, is not able to... Um, be there with you, express his feelings to you. He's unable to um, uh, just come alongside you. He doesn't know how to get close to you. Um, and you feel like you're roommates. And, you know, there's not a death. And from the outside, everybody thinks it's great. But on the inside, you are dying because there's that need there that is not met. Or maybe it is that your husband um, has gone down the dark hole of pornography. Um, it's very prevalent and um, it is, as from most experts that I've interviewed, and I'll actually leave links to some really great podcasts. We've done a lot with this, um, with the pornography addiction, but really, really that is um, a, the, a great betrayal, just like infidelity, um, and so you literally feel like you've been in a car crash. You weren't the one that has caused the car crash. And there's, there's a big loss inside of your life. Or perhaps it is that you're listening to this podcast and you've never been married. And you're wondering why. Why did this happen to me? 
And so there's that loss there. Or maybe it is that there's another relationship, a key you know, relationship that God has put out. Maybe it was father-daughter, maybe it was mother-daughter, whatever it is, and it's not there. It's lost. And nothing that you did, you couldn't, you know, be better enough, you couldn't please enough, you couldn't do enough, you couldn't change the situation. It was broken, it was dead, and it was lost. And there's heartache in that. And whatever heartache that you're facing, I want you to know today that it is not hopeless. That when Jesus was born, what came to you and I in that manger was not a temporary fix. It was an eternal beacon of hope. And that hope is still yours to grab onto today. And I don't care who hasn't come through for you. I don't care what loss you faced inside of your life. There is always hope. I want to read on in this verse, 37. Um, It says, there she lived, Anna, the widow, to the age of 84. Listen to this next sentence. She never, she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. I'm going to read that again. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Anna found out something that you and I, in our deepest betrayals, in our greatest losses, if we will open up ourselves to worship, what you and I can also find is that God is our easer. And that when we have lost everything, we find that God is everything. And that we have everything. And that he's so close to us that he is like that husband that we never had. He he is our fierce helper. Our fierce helper. And that's what I believe that Anna experienced inside of that temple. It may have been that the loss drove her to the temple her need probably for provision. Um, uh, um, she probably received, you know, from the priest there, uh, provision from the temple. Um, but it was her loss that drove her there. And whatever loss you've experienced, whether inside of a marriage relationship or another inside of the life, let that be the very force that drives you into the presence of God in a deeper way. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. In other words, um, he was her everything. And she knew God took care of her. 
And it was not a focus on food and it was not a focus on getting her needs met. What her focus on was on was worshiping God and staying in the temple, staying close to that temple. And it says that she never left. Now, she, she didn't not leave because there were bars on the doors or she felt obligated to stay. No, she was in God's presence because she wanted to be there. Because once you experience God care, you know there is no other self-care. And so she was not out looking to fill that void again. You know, if the Lord wanted her to get married, I'm sure God would have brought somebody across her path. But her life was spent worshiping. She wasn't worried about, am I going to get married again? What's going to happen to me? Her focus was on worship. And the fact that she never left tells me that she found something even greater than a husband. Inside of um, our Godfidence study, one of the neatest revelations um, that I saw personally uh, was in this um, scripture where Moses is talking with his father-in-law Jethro, and he's sharing with Jethro, you know, how God had delivered them from the Egyptians, and then he talks about all the hardships that they went through inside of the wilderness and how God had um, delivered them from all their hardships in in the wilderness. And in in part of this, um, he talks about his two sons. And um, and the Bible tells us that Moses' um, first son um, was named Jershom, which means I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. So Moses started out his journey, right, when this child is born, feeling like a foreigner, feeling like he's got this identity crisis. And if you remember with Moses, you know, he was, um, when he was born, he was a Hebrew, but then he was raised by Egyptians, but then the Egyptians he had to flee from. And so then he was with the Midianites. And so, you know, he had, right, an identity crisis, Um, And the Bible also tells us that Moses um, was a rescuer, that, you know, even in his early stages, that when he saw that Hebrew slave being mistreated, that he tried to rescue um, by killing the Egyptian um, slave master and and rescuing it. And then um, when he met Zephora, his wife, um, Jethro's daughter, that he was, he met her because he was rescuing her. Um, But then something really interesting happens. You know, Moses had that instinct inside of his life to rescue. But then it says this, his second son was named Eleazar, for Moses said, the God of my ancestors was my helper. He rescued me from the sword of Pharaoh. Now, in that verse, we see that Moses clearly says, God is the one who rescued me. 
right? And so he starts out being the rescuer, and then he's very clear on the fact that God is his rescuer. Well, that word there that is used in the Bible for rescue is easer. He is my easer. So um, inside of the Bible, that means like a fierce helper. This word easer that's used to describe God here is the very word that is used in Genesis to describe the um, woman that God created to be married to Adam. It's Ezer. And Ezer, and sometimes people, uh, you know, that's translated as help me, um, which sounds, it, I don't know, it kind of sounds ridiculous to me. I mean, it is what it is, right? But, but what, the reason why it sounds ridiculous to me is because it doesn't denote the power behind that word. You know, Ezer is not this little maid servant um, bringing, you know, a cool drink to her husband on a hot summer day. No, it denotes this type of help that Adam can't live without. And essentially, what Moses is saying, because most scholars believe that Moses wrote Genesis, Moses wrote um, Exodus, and so the only time before this that Ezer is used, it is used to describe when woman is created and really why she is created to be that fierce, devoted helper, okay? The next time it's used is in this passage. Moses uses it to name his son, but really to name um, the season that he's in now, that God is his Ezer. In other words, the help is so close, so intimate, so secure. Moses is tying it to that marriage relationship, that covenant type um, uh, care that, that exists there. And a lot of us, inside of our marriages or other relationships, parent-child relationships, we did not experience God's intention inside of there. The covenant was broken. The contract was broken. It, there was no fierce devotion there. And so then for us to look at God as father or look at God as heavenly husband who will fiercely take care of me when we've had a husband that has dropped the ball or you had a dad that was never there to protect you or provide for you. In fact, maybe you were afraid of your dad, right? Because there was abuse in the situation. Whatever it was, we can kind of, you know, think. We can get you know, sort of messed up in the head when we start to believe that our earthly relationships reflect God's relationship with us. Many women that I talk to will say things to me like, if they did not have a good relationship with their father, they're like, I cannot call God my father. Or or if they did not have a good marriage relationship, they cannot think of God 
as a heavenly husband, like that kind of intimate, um, close relationship. And I just want to encourage you this Christmas season to not let the loss and the deficit in your life drive you away from that, but let it drive you to that, just like it happened uh, with Anna, that that hunger inside of her life, that loss, that void inside of her life drove her to the temple. And in the temple, she lived and worshiped for the rest of her life. And she was full. She could fast, right? She, she did not need a thing. And that is the place where God wants to bring us. And that is what happens to us when we wait on wonderful. Are you in a season of waiting or wanting because there's been loss in your life like Anna? You know, one of the, one of the um, benefits, I should say, that Anna had over us is that Anna lived in a time where really this was her only option, you know? I mean, it doesn't talk about family members here. I don't know if she has family members. It says she was from the tribe of Asher, but it doesn't talk about her family members here. Or if they were, she, you know, she wasn't with them. Um, but irregardless, she was in a place of vulnerability and need. And back then, people would bring, when they brought their tithes um, into the temple, God's purpose for that inside of his word, he clearly states that part of that was to go to, to widows. And so she initially probably came there for provision. That's what, it, she was driven there for that. But you know what she found? She found this amazing deep relationship with God as he fiercely took care of her. And the, see, Anna, she sort of has an advantage over us because you and I live inside of this world of indulgence where, you know, if we need something, we can go on Amazon and get it. Or we can, I mean, we just live where we have all this stuff available to us. And so waiting for God to provide can sometimes, um, you know, we can just get impatient and we want that instant gratification or the enemy will come in and he'll say, you know, maybe after seven years you've been worshiping at the temple and then you're like, God, where's the husband that you, pro-? you know, that kind of thing that, that he'll just come in and he'll say that God um, is, is holding out on you. But see, here's what happens. When we experience any kind of loss inside of our life and we're in that season of waiting, if we will run to God's presence and worship him and let that be the thing that fill us up, we will learn how he feeds us and what it's like to be fed by him. We will learn that. And the key is, in the waiting and in the wanting, be like Anna and worship him. Now, the amazing thing is that you and I don't have to go to a physical temple, that we are the temple of God. 
and that any time all throughout the day, we can worship God. We can love him. And if we don't see answer to our prayer, and if we start to get depressed and down because of the loss or what we don't have, you know what we can do? We can get our worship on. When we worship in our waiting, wonderful things happen. And you know something? At the end of the journey, what happens is that thing that we've been waiting for, that loss that we never saw recovered, you know, that even begins to fade into the background because we have discovered something even more wonderful. And that is the presence of God. And it's not just, you know, I think that we've, you know, a lot of the rhetoric around having a quiet time has sort of relegated God to he's only there in the morning. And then you, you know, then if you've missed that, then you've missed him. And it's just not true. Why not? If, if you are the temple, he is with you all day long. You can worship him while you're cooking, while you're, you know, um, while you're getting ready in the morning. Just, just be aware of his presence and just thank him. And so in today's podcast, I want to encourage you again that while emptiness is painful, there is no care like God care. And that when you see God as your easer, you will have confidence to wait. And in the waiting, you'll be like Anna and experience the wonder of being loved by him. You know, one of the things that we did in our Godfidence study is that um, we created a playlist, a Godfidence playlist on Spotify. And I want to encourage you um, to go to Spotify and you can download that playlist. I did not do it all myself. I asked the um, ladies in the Treasure Tribe, I was like, hey, can you guys pick out your favorite worship songs? Because, you know, in a bad day, sometimes you just need to put on that worship music. Sometimes you just need to put that worship music on and just crank it up in your car. But you know what? And and just just love him, but it doesn't have to be relegated to there. You can worship God all day long. You can thank him all day long. You can, like you're keeping that gratitude journal, you're looking at his footprints, and you can just become aware of his fierce devotion for you through worship. And that is what I want to encourage you um, to do this week. When we don't worship God, we might get antsy in our waiting. And when Satan parades that counterfeit, we might just take it and forfeit our freedom. There is no care like God care. You are worth waiting on God to provide because there is no care like God care. So that wraps up our podcast today. 
Thanks so much for joining us. I want to remind you again to go and check out Give10Tell10.com and stand with us as we stand with women all across the country. Help us bring momentum to this movement, making a difference. One woman at a time. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope you're having a good Christmas season and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.